once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Today, we have a really exciting guest. We have Jan from Seaside Touring, who is one of the bookers for a festival you might know. It's kind of small, a little bit underground, but the Bakken Metal Festival, Bakken Open Air in Germany. And we are super excited to have him on the show to answer our questions about festivals, booking, all sorts of fun stuff. So, First, I just want to say thank you for joining us today. I know it's been a rough week for you, so we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks a lot for having me. And so for people, people probably don't really know who you are or what you do, because you're kind of a behind the scenes person a little bit. I mean, I know you've done some interviews, but uh, for our listeners who aren't really aware of what you do and your history in the industry, do you want to just give a, a brief little biography? All right. Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, I mean, w when I start, I have to start like very early in my, um, like for 40 years ago, when I was a young kid, um, <laughs> my dad is playing in a rock and roll cover band since 44 years now, and I'm 42. So rock and roll was always around and um, took always place in our house. So when I was like two years old, I think my mom took me to the first shows. Um, and with shows, I mean like small shows and local pubs and stuff like that. But as far as I remember, I always loved going to those shows and I always loved being, um, yeah, being around live music. So years later, I think when I was like 11, 12 years old, I, um, we just got MTV in Germany. I think that was the time. And um, I saw the first time the video, You Could Be Mine of Guns N' Roses. And I was like, holy shit, what is this? So that was definitely a huge life changer for me. So me and my friends, we discovered bands like um, Metallica, ACDC. I mean, that was the time when all those bands released albums like the Black Album, Iron Maiden released Fear of the Dark. I think that was the time. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and all those band bands were brand new to us. So um Years later, we got in touch with bands like Bad Religion, No Facts, all bands I still love. Also bands like Life of Agony, Helmet, Clawfinger, all that kind of stuff, Biohazard, um, and so on. The list could go around forever, I think. But it was like music became my biggest passion. So we went to tons of shows. We went to festivals and all. Yeah, we just spent basically our whole free time with listening to music and going to shows. Um, I think it was in 2001, me and some friends, we started um, an online fanzine. So that was actually the first time I got in touch with like industry people because we were talking to labels, we were talking to agencies because we wanted to write something about the show. We wanted to do interviews with the bands and all this uh, stuff. And, um, and that was like, oh, wow, those guys, they actually have the coolest job ever. I want to do something like that. So that was actually how, how the idea came to my mind and um, to work in the music industry. 
And I think it was two years later, we started with our little fan scene. We started um, promoting like very small parties and shows in, in Cologne in Germany. And I mean, usually we lost money with the shows. So because there was, I mean, there was small, so it was not a lot of money we lost, but still, but we all had regular day jobs. So it wasn't a big deal. But um, I think in 2004, we did a show, me and my friend, we promoted a show, a very small show as well. And we made um, 80 euros profit in the end. And I was standing there, I remember the day, it was like, oh shit, did I just make money with the show? I mean, even it was just 40 euros and probably I spent 100 euros at the bar that night, but still there was, there was another life change. I was like, oh, you actually can make money with promoting shows. So what if I do it more in a professional way? Maybe I can make a living uh, mm -hmm. with promoting shows. And um, so I started to contact people if they can hire me or, but um, it was actually everyone said no, because I was just, I had no experience or not a lot of experience. Um, but one guy from a company called Weird World in Germany, he gave me the chance. He was like, Jan, I cannot hire you, but um, maybe you can start your own business and you can use my network. So I was like, okay, that sounds amazing. So um, I hated my day job anyway. So I quit my day job and started my own business in music. So, which was like um, 2005. And I remember the first month I, um, I started as a, yeah, as a live agent, as a music agent slash tour promoter. Nice. And I made at the end of the month, I made like 90 euros. And I was like, oh, damn, maybe that wasn't the best decision of my life. Wow. So, yeah, that was pretty, I have to say the first year was really, really hard on a financial side. So I'm I was sure. DJing and I was doing all kinds of stuff just to, to pay my bills. But I didn't want to give up. And um, I think it was 2006. Um, that was the time when I was struggling really hard on the financial side. And I tried to get new, new clients to work with. And I had great German bands, but they were all indie and small. So I, I thought it would be time to, to go to do the next step. And I was always a huge fan of um, Life of Agony and Keith Caputo. So mm -hmm. I sent a message to Keith Caputo on MySpace. Just like, so I mean, it's totally retarded when you think about it now. But I just sent him a message like, hey, um, what's up? I'm Jan. I'm doing shows in Germany. So maybe we can work together. Just like, oh, it's totally embarrassing, actually. <laughs> but um, Keith, who's now Mina Caputo, um, got back to me, was like, oh, that sounds cool. We are just working on a tour for Europe for, I don't know, next year or just half a year. So here's the contact of my agent. Um, I was like, oh shit, okay, thank you very much. So I contacted the, uh, contacted the agent and um, the agent was like, yeah, sure, send me your offer. I said, okay, I never sent an offer to an American agent. So how does that work? So I tried to find out. It was all learning by doing, actually. I mean, um, Frank from Weird World, he, he told me a lot, but um, still was like, I learned it from scratch. And, um, Yes, and I mean, to, to make a long story short, I sent an offer and I got the tour for Germany. So nice. um, that, was, that was a huge, huge, another huge life changer because um, when Keith and me first met, we immediately 
liked each other. So there was a connection right away. It was just like, all right, it's um, so we maybe we can do more. And on the next tour, we did just actually just a few months later, I joined um, I joined the band on the tour bus. They was like, hey, we have a free bunk on the bus. So if you want to come with us, just do it. So so I spent my first month on tour, so which was the best time ever. And I was like, okay, now I'm getting there where I wanted to be. And we had, um, as a special guest on this tour, we had Ricky Warwick from the Almighty. And, um, and Ricky and me, usually we had a coffee together early in the morning on the bus because we were the two early, bir early, <laughs> early birds on the bus. And, um, and Ricky was like, yeah, do you know the band Therapy from Northern Ireland? I was like, mm -hmm. Ricky, are you kidding me? It's one of my favorite bands. And he's like, I think you might be the right German promoter for them. I was like, okay. And just a few weeks later, their agent got in touch. So I started to promote shows for therapy and, um, and other agents got in touch. So it, the, the ball got rolling. So um, I promoted bands like Guar, El Nino, Devil Driver, um, Life of Agony, and all, even, um, yeah, I did also some shows for Sepultura and um, yeah, it was a great time and the ball got rolling. So I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, right? No, <laughs> not, not at all. Not at all. Um, just as a follow-up to that, so you kind of made it sound like it was like hard at first, but then it kind of got easy. Can you kind of explain how you, how it kind of transitioned from being like financially devastating, I guess, to being your full-time job? Yeah, I mean, um, it was just, just because of that message on MySpace I sent. So, and I think I did a proper job. So, because the same agent gave me more and more tours I promoted for him. And as, I mean, the bands got bigger, like, as I said, Devil Driver and Nino. So there was basically the chance to make more money with tours. So um, yeah, I got in a much better position and could make a living with promoting shows. But kind of like, how do I want to explain this? How, how, how did you kind of transition though from going from the uh, day job more into the full-time music industry without, with promoting without kind of hurting yourself financially, I guess is what I want to, is what I want to say. If you get what I mean, maybe I'm not being clear. Um, I mean, I, I was struggling pretty hard. I had, um, I had a very supportive girlfriend back then who's now my <laughs> wife. <laughs> and um so yeah we're still together and mm -hmm. um and she helped me out so i um i changed um i changed my apartment i moved from a big apartment to a very very small one room apartment and mm -hmm. all those kind of stuff yeah so you basically did whatever it took in order to make it happen yeah i was actually i was um i told myself i want to give it at least like 2 years i want to give myself a chance to to get into it and um yeah, and uh, yeah, luckily, I, I, I made it. Yeah. Now, um, can you kind of go over, I think, do you have any more questions on his involvement in the industry first, Corey? No, I, I think I'm good on my end. You have a okay. super impressive career in the industry. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if it's super impressive, but um, I definitely <laughs> consider myself very, very lucky. I mean, they were like, I was on the, um, how do you say it? And I was sometimes on a, on the right time at the right spot you know what i yeah. mean so yeah yeah 
yeah, that's how it always happens though with everybody. I mean, you get that one moment and then it's like mm-hmm. a pivotal thing. So yeah. can you kind of go over what a booker actually does? Like, what do you, what, like, what is your job in actual fact? Cause a lot of people have confusions on what you do, like a booker in general. Yeah. I mean, when I started was what I just was telling, that was the day when I was more working as an agent and as a tour promoter. Uh, in Germany. I mean, all those um, bands I was uh, telling about, there were, um, I was promoting their shows in Germany. So in 2014, I got the chance to start working for um, the ICS network, Seaside Touring, um, that belongs to uh, to the Wacken Open Air. So I, um, and I took the chance and I'm super happy still being there. And I'm working as a booker there. That means I'm booking the bands. I'm booking actually the music, musical content for um, Wacken Open Air and all the other, uh, all these other events we promote. Like um, we do cruises, the metal cruise. We do um, a thing called uh, an event called Full Metal Holiday, which takes place uh, one time in a year. And we do the Wacken Winter Nights and some more. So, and as a booker, my job is. Um, yeah, getting all the musical content together for the event. So I have a question, Jan. So I have a question. So now how, how do you kind of determine who you're going to book? Do they come to you or do you go to the bands? Totally depends on. I mean, when we, when, when we start, I mean, for example, when we start working on another edition for Wacken Open Air, um, as you can, um, probably imagine that like lots of bands want to play there because yeah. um, it's a famous famous uh, brand and it's a famous festival um, so we get in yeah a lot of lots of bands are contacting us um, but we are talking to agents as well like all over the year I mean um, my main job is basically like t- talking to agents and exchanging um what's going on at the moment so we are yeah we're actually in touch with with all the agencies like all over the year so that we know who who will be uh, who will be um, will be available um who is gonna has a new release and something like that so yeah it's but it always depends on I me mean, sometimes we get like emails from smaller bands from somewhere and we just we like it and we book them so so uh, I'm going to let Corey ask a question in a second, but my, my follow-up though is, so you're like, you're booking throughout the entire year just for the one festival. That's your entire job is just the one walking or walking. Um, no, no. You mean my entire job? Well, yeah. Like, cause you said your main, like your main job is just booking the festival. Is, is that, a, is that the entirety of what you're booking or is there more? It's more, as I said before, we okay. um, I booked the, the cruises as well. Okay. Just making um, sure. Yeah, we, we yeah um, the cruises and for Metal Holiday, and um, we um, we booked for uh, for other small festivals. Um, we do the bookings as well. Plus, I'm still working um, as a German tour promoter, and mostly for the bands I started back then. Still working with Mina Caputo. Still working with Life of Agony still working with helmet, still working with um, therapy. So um, yeah, I'm still working as a German tour promoter as well. 
it was for the same company. So that's awesome. I mean, because you grew up listening to all those bands, and now you're booking them on their tours now. So that's fucking that's fucking crazy. I love it. Um, yeah, it's sometimes it's just a little bit unreal. I mean, now it's like since I do it for um, yeah more than 15 years now, so it became like normal. But yeah. um, but when it when it started with working those bands and my friends, we went to all the shows back then. They were like. Jan, are you kidding us? You are going now on tour with Life of Agony. You are spending your time in the tour bus with them. Same with Helmet or Therapy. So yeah, yeah it's crazy. And um, I mean, I'm still super happy about it. I mean, I met so many great people all over the world with other like um, musicians and bands I always loved. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Corey, you want to do the next question? So you said that occasionally you guys will book a smaller band that reaches out to you uh, directly. What is a way that has that a band has really like caught your eye or got your attention and you were like, yes, I definitely want to look into these guys and maybe book them because I, I know your inbox must have hundreds upon hundreds of requests like that. So what stands out to you? Um, you know what? Actually, what I... What I, but I, that's what just my personal uh, point of view. What mm -hmm. I do like the most is when they just send um, like a few info ab uh, about the band, about their career, just what they did, if they supported some bigger bands or not, or what they did, and if they have a release. And um, but the most important thing for me is a proper live video, just like two songs on YouTube, but my filmed in a good way. I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be super professional but just like maybe one two cameras um so i can see what the band sounds and looks like live mm -hmm. on stage because i'm a live booker so i'm not interested in like a super arty video clip i'm more interested into um how it looks live and what i don't what i don't like is like when bands like send super long emails and 10 mp3s and uh, i mean i i totally understand when they when you get deeper into a conversation with them that they just send more info but mm -hmm. to to reach out for the first time i always would recommend to keep it short as possible and um yeah send some videos so that always makes sense mm -hmm. Cool. No, that's super helpful. And for our people listening, yes, do focus on getting good quality live videos. Those are those will be useful far more just not just for this kind of a situation, but I mean it's kind of low-hanging content that people can grab to keep people interested in their bands. So just as a side note to all of our listeners, if you can capture your live performances, always do. Yep. 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 And I mean sometimes it just happens. Um, when we see a band playing live, um, just for an example, um, there's a band called All Hey The Yeti from um, Los Angeles. I think they're actually Canadian, but there are two of them. Um, and they played a tour I promoted in Germany with Life of Agony and uh, Billy Bio from Biohazard. And they were the opening act. And I was just like, okay, at least I want to check out two songs. And I liked it so much that I'm now promoting the shows. They are playing Wacken Open Air next year for the second time. Um, so sometimes it's just, uh, it's, it's worth going on tour as an opening act. So that's mm -hmm. what I wanted to say. Just 
taking I'm an opportunity. I've actually seen them in a couple of months here in Oregon, so that's nice to hear that they they do a really good show. <laughs> yeah, they're a great band and um, absolutely fantastic guys. So we became good buddies over the last three years, two years. Yeah. Nice. Good. Um, I guess I'll ask the next question then. Hold on. Um, okay, so what are some misconceptions that people have about your job? Um, misconceptions. I mean, most of my friends, they're still thinking it's just a big party, like hanging yeah. out with yeah. the bands and uh, getting drunk all day long. And uh, it's definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I think that's, I mean, of course you go to probably more parties and shows as um, people who are working in a bank or for insurance companies, something like that mm -hmm. maybe, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's definitely not only a party. It's a hard job. I mean, a lot of um, negotiations and um, doing a lot of Excel calculations, spending a lot of time on my desk. It's a lot of time traveling and um, it's definitely not a normal nine to five job. And it's definitely not only a party. No kidding. Mm -hmm. how, how many hours per day would you say you usually you have to spend uh, as your job? Like what's the average work day like for in terms of time? It's now, um, I mean, I've, as I'm working as an um, employer, uh, employee for the company. Mm -hmm. So we work uh, 40 hours a week. So, which is oh. a pretty common in, in, in Germany. But of course, some weeks or some days it's much more and then you can do less like after the festival, for example, when it becomes a few weeks more quiet. So, I mean, you definitely have to be flexible in this job. Yeah, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Corey. Um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? I had a thought in my head and then it went away. Does that ever happen to anybody else? Because it definitely just... No, ne never. <laughs> never. Not at all. Um, so, okay, here's one. What is your favorite like pitch from somebody that you've gotten? Like your favorite band that like when they opened up or when they reached out to you, you'd never heard of, heard of them before but they're your favorite one that you've booked from just cold emailing you. Oh, wow. That's, um, I actually don't have an answer here. Um, what, I mean, there, there's, <laughs> there's one, there's one band, um, they're called Turbo Beer mm -hmm. and they send a six pack of beer to our office, to the booking <laughs> team. So a CD and a six pack of beer. So we were, of course, we were like, oh, we definitely have to check them out. They just send us six pack of beer. So, and um, we also booked them, but not because of, they send beer. So um, it's not necessary to send a six pack of beer. But that was like kind of a funny thing to, um, to approach us. Uh, but you said like from cold emails, I actually, I don't know. I have no answer. I'm sorry. Probably booked way too many to narrow it down would be my guess <laughs> yeah i mean what what we do like um we um i don't know if you heard of it we do the wacken metal battle all mm -hmm. over the world we do like i think it's <clears throat> in 64 countries now all over the world and we invited uh we, we always invite 30 bands to play wacken every year 
So mm -hmm. we have 30 slots for the Wacken Metal Battle acts. And um, there's a good amount of metal battle bands um, who, who, are, who are getting booked again. So if we see the shows and we like the shows, so there's another example. It's a band from um, Iceland, and it's super hard to say the name. It's Öden. Uh, it's just I'm not sure if it's right. It's a um, black metal band from Iceland, and they're absolutely amazing. And they played in 2016 at Wacken Metal Battle, and they will play um, next year again. So, so that's um, another good opportunity to to do things like that. Yeah. So I'm curious, so like, let's say, I mean, usually I'm assuming the bands go right, they don't go direct to you, do they, as a general rule when they're trying to get booked? Sorry again, do you mean if they send an email directly to me? No, I said, do I mean, like, do most people generally go to you or do they usually go to the agency, like direct to try to get booked for uh, walking? Um, I would say... Um probably 95% we're working with agencies. So oh. I definitely would recommend um, to to get an, I mean, if you want to play festivals like um, like Wacken, Hellfest and all those other great festivals, um, it's probably a, a, a good, um, good thing to have a proper team around you, like a, a proper agent, a proper management, um have a release ready and um stuff like that yeah so reason why i was asking is can you kind of explain why uh, a person like why you guys would deal with an agent versus like a band without an agent i would say it's probably for a band much easier because i mean um there are so many agents we're working um together since decades so there's a very good relationship. So, um, I mean, for example, um, the, the agent for Live of Agony, uh, Keith, or uh, now Mina Caputo, um, we're working together since 15 years. So if he is calling me and is asking for, uh, maybe for a slot for a young band um, at Wacken, it, it, there's a much bigger chance that his bands gets the slot because I trust him and we're yeah. working together since 15 years. So um, there's a better chance for him and his band um, as for a totally unknown band where the band reaches out to us. So Fair I mean, enough. there's a lot of, um, yeah, I mean, we're we in contact to all, as I said before, we're in contact to lots of agents, agencies all over the years. So it's a um, very good and trustful relationship we have. Yeah. Um, actually, Corey, I'll let you ask the next question. My, mine is a different tangent. Mine's also a different tangent. Um, kind of going back to your experience with touring with different musicians, um, and also, I guess, with the festivals. Say a band is going to play one of the festivals what do you think are like the biggest tips you can recommend to bands for being successful with their performance? Like um, ways to be comfortable with, like where are you gonna sleep? Those kind of things that not a lot of bands might consider, but you know, a good tip for them to be successful at the show and also enjoy themselves and be comfortable at the show. Um, yeah, just, <laughs> 
I, I mean, Eat your don't, be, don't, don't be too drunk on stage. That never <laughs> helps. Oh, I mean, many, many bands or uh, yeah. especially younger bands do this um, failure. So, um, yeah, I mean, just be, just be prepared. You know, know what you do. I mean, when you play a festival like this, they can stand 10,000 people in front of you on stage. So be prepared and play just uh, uh, the hit set. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, kind of on the same subject, but kind of different. So what do you, what do you think makes a band stand out when they do a show like what well, like what are the things that you're looking for that makes a band kind of stand out in a live performance um it totally depends on as well i mean for example this band Oden from iceland i was talking about they totally got my attention because they um they had like i think black jeans and like uh, suits so uh, suits? I mean, yeah they were like they were like super proper dressed and I wow. was like, whoa, and they had like cool, like cooler haircuts, I would say, because 95% of the younger bands we um, usually have on a festival or other events as well. They would have like the um, typical metal shirt and a camouflage um, short. Oh. Yep. And there's nothing wrong about it because I mean, that's how we dress, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this band, they got my attention because they looked different. And I was like, okay, oh, I need to go to the, to the stage. I want to check them out because uh, I was curious what they do. So that mm. was one point. Um, another thing is just, I don't know, it's so hard to say. Um, it's, it, sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. So, I mean, there are so, so many good bands out there and so many good young bands out there. So it's, it's very hard to say. How, I mean, if it's a thrash band, they play thrash music, right? So it's mm -hmm. just, it just has to be good. Or, or has to be, just I, do it right. Well, uh, that was my, my catchphrase from the other day on the podcast was just do it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just do it right. It's just do it right. That's it, yeah. Well, let me, let me ask this though. Is the image more important or is the music more important for a festival? Like when you're booking someone, is it, are you looking at a combo or or are you more in the visual aspect? I actually think we never thought about this. Um, it's now, I mean, when you book a band like War, for example, yeah. Yeah. you want to have, you want to have to show, <laughs> of course. Um, but no, I think it's now maybe it has to be a good mixture, but it can be both of that. I mean, some bands, they make great music and also great live music, but maybe they look a bit boring on stage, but that's okay too. If the music is so good that it's still great. Ooh, that's a, actually, wait a minute. Let, let me ask you this. Band has boring performance, but great music. I mean, or not boring performance, but my, I mean, like, not that outstanding as other bands might have. Oh. So what what would so would you book a band that had had kind of like their show was just kind of eh, they just kind of sat there but the music was good or like would you be like no we're not interested? I mean, it totally depends. I mean, if the music yeah. is not just good, if the music is like really yeah. really really good, then yeah. yeah, why not? So 
maybe so, and maybe it's just like music that's super hard to play so you just have to stand there and have to look at your guitar because it's super complicated no. yeah no no that, that that's a good point i'm just asking because sometimes people put don't put any emphasis on the actual performance aspect so that's why i'm like kind of trying to gauge like what do you guys actually look for when you're doing it i guess it seems like it's like a combo of everything and you just kind of figure it out as you go yeah yeah uh, so who who do you think would be a good example of a band that is a great live performer not necessarily like a big band but like a medium-sized band you think is like does a great job for performance wise wow that's another hard question to answer um i mean life of agony actually a very very good example still so i mean the band has so much power on stage mm -hmm. and um when they're on stage they do their 60 minutes and it's almost always absolutely fantastic so fair enough there's yeah. so much energy on stage so they're an amazing live act which is awesome because they're now they've been doing this for like 30 years or something like that so yeah yeah mm -hmm. cool. um what what next do we got Corey? honestly i think we we've gone through our list of questions we have but we um have. But I, I have one more rapid question, if Jan's willing to answer it. So um, can you just quickly, quickly, quickly uh, kind of go over um, how, kind of explain for bands how they could book a tour without any hitches? Like, if you have any tips on that. Um, you mean like a U.S. band that might come or want to come to Europe, for example? Specifically, yeah, because everybody wants to play Europe. Everybody wants to play Europe, like everybody. <laughs> I definitely would re recommend to to involve an agent, try to find an agent who has contacts to Europe, who's working with good promoters in every country in Europe. Um, I think that's definitely the best way. Just doing on a, I mean, you could try it on a DIY level as well, um, but it's probably much harder. I think yeah. having an having some professionals involved definitely might help. Fair. Now, how do you find an honest, how do you determine who's an honest promoter slash booker? Because there are a lot of people that aren't and there are a lot of horror stories. So can you kind of tell us like what you would want to look for before we wrap up? If I would be a musician, you mean? Yeah. Would, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, if an agent... Um, would ask for money right away so i would be very skeptical when it comes to things like that sure. um yeah i think i definitely would check out the website or social media or just google the name um because usually when when an agent is like kind of sketchy or so it um you would definitely find it on on google so yeah. um I, yeah i definitely would do this so that's cool. kind of the same thing that we tell everybody when they're working with any industry professionals on this podcast is always do your background checks, always do your research because yeah. this world is, it seems like it's big, but it's all incredibly small. So if somebody did something, it's pretty easy to find out yeah. if they're sketchy absolutely. or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I would 
I mean, when I was when I would be a young band or young musician, I definitely would try to to reach out to to agents. I would try to um, to to meet maybe agents uh, or go to shows and ask the promoter uh, or just like meeting people. I mean, especially this industry is um, we always say, or you probably as well, it's it's a people's business, yep. and I think that's more important in our industry than it is um, probably all other industries. It's, um, and it's a small world. I mean, it really yeah. is. So yeah. if you don't do a proper job, people will definitely um, know that. Mm -hmm. 100%. So do you have any final words that you want to, of wisdom you want to give us, Jan, before we wrap up? <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom. Um, no, actually, um, no, I mean, just, I mean, just be real, be honest and do your thing. So that's what I would recommend younger bands. Perfect. Oh. Excellent advice. Any final words, Corey? I think I'm good on my end. Well, party on, Corey. Party on, guys. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.